already over it's just getting started here it's uh, only tuesday but still it's tuesday already uh time comes and goes so very quickly it does and uh, here we are in the book of first peter and uh, see if i can keep myself from saying paul today we're so used to talking about paul but we're looking at peter and all that peter had to say uh, peter writing to uh, churches Believers scattered up and across what is now modern-day Turkey. Uh, we looked at all of that yesterday. I gave consideration to that yesterday. And uh, today we pick up in verse 3 uh, in just a phenomenal passage of Scripture that gives us a whole bunch of hope in the midst of life's challenges. All praise to God 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Now, I'm going to stop there because there's so much to unpack just in these few verses, in fact, I'm going to put this into the uh, New Living. Uh, I'm sorry, into the NIV, out of the New Living, into the NIV. I'll praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus gives us hope. The fact that he's not still in the grave, the fact that he is still not dead, but the fact that he is arisen, the fact that uh, several hundred people saw him over a period of 40 days, the fact that he has ascended, the fact that... uh, Literally millions, if not billions of believers have believed this truth since the day of his ascension, since the day of his resurrection. Uh, In fact, in those early days, there were many who died believing that Jesus was resurrected. Do you think that that number of people, those martyrs, would have died for a lie? No. They knew uh, unequivocally, they knew absolutely that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. And because of the resurrection, they had a living hope. See, Jesus wasn't dead. It wasn't a dead hope. It was a living hope based upon the living of Jesus, based based upon the life of Jesus. The fact that he walked this sod after his resurrection, the fact that that he has ascended into heaven, the fact that he is coming again gives us living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so what do we do? We praise God. Praise God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that, that you and I would become people who overflow with gratitude that you and I would become people who overflow with gladness and worship and praise to God because of all that he has done on our behalf, that we would become people of that type of worship. So praise be to him. And and I gave this challenge in our church on Sunday I mean, we ought to be able to come into church and, and everybody have at least one word of testimony, something that they could share, something that God taught them through the scriptures, something that God did in answer to prayer, some way that they saw God at work. I mean, every believer, if every believer could come into the church with that type of living experience, with that type of living reality, with that type of encounter and experience with God, 
uh, the worship would be so rich. It wouldn't be driven by the music. It wouldn't be driven by anything else of that nature. It would all be driven by the fact that God's people themselves overflow with praise to God for all that God has done and that we would become that type of people. Now, again, it says to us these words, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Are you born again, friend? Have you experienced the new birth, the wonder of new birth that comes through faith in Jesus Christ? And his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And it says, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Our inheritance can't perish. It cannot burn up. It cannot be diminished through earthquake. It cannot be taken away by hurricane or tornado. It cannot perish in that way. It cannot sink to the bottom of the sea. None of those things can happen to our inheritance. It cannot spoil uh, you ever been around something that, that spoiled food? Um, I, I opened a refrigerator not long ago, and and I just had to turn my head away because something was in that particular refrigerator. Someone had left something in there, and it had not been discovered by anybody, and it was putrid. Well, our inheritance cannot spoil. Our inheritance will never become putrid our inheritance will never become something that needs to be thrown away it cannot spoil and it cannot fade um you ever done any painting around your house you've painted something and then you come back later on and you want to touch something up but but it's been a while since you have uh uh painted maybe a couple of years and you just want to touch something up and you touch up the, the old paint that now is maybe faded in the, the sunlight just a little bit uh, and you, you go to touch it up and the paint no longer matches well. Our inheritance will not fade or it's, it's a garment that is left in the sun and it's a dark garment it's left in the sun and, and, and the, the side that's left hanging in the sun uh, for a number of months uh, has faded and you turn it around and the colors no longer match friends our inheritance will not perish will not spoil will not fade it is kept in heaven for us and uh, it's something that gives us great hope that is our inheritance now i gotta ask a question there is the comment over here, Walter said this, God taught me a great lesson last week at camp. And, and Walter, I'm sorry that we missed you. Uh, I was so looking forward. I always look forward to being able to connect with you. Missed you. But if you're able, uh, maybe it's something you can share. Maybe it's something you can put in the comments there. We'd love to hear about the lesson that you were taught at camp last week. So if you're able to to put that in the comments, we would absolutely love to, to see that in the comments. But until you do, uh, I, I will continue to, to help us look at the text here. It says, you who through faith are shielded by God's power. Our faith doesn't shield us. It is God's power that shields us. We have faith. 
we trust in God. We trust in in the work of Christ. We trust in what has happened. And so who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Uh, yes, God's power shields us. To think of the most powerful force on earth shielding you. God is the most powerful force, not only on earth, but in in, in, in any quadrant of the galaxies, any quadrant of the universe, among all the stars, uh, among all the planets, God's power is greater. God's power is greater than the power of the sun. It is his power that shields you in the midst of life's storms. What's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to trust God, to look to God. And to me, even this morning, this is a great word of reminder to trust God. There are things, uh, just many, many things that we need to trust God for. And and we begin to take it upon ourselves. And, and, and um, I'm praying for something this morning that really, if it's going to happen, it has to happen today. And uh, so... Can I, can I trust God for that? Can I believe God for that? I, I need to trust God for that. I need to believe God for that. And what about you? Uh, our responsibility is trust. Our responsibility is faith. And as we trust in God, it is God's power that works in our behalf. It is God's power that shields us. It is God's power that strengthens us. It is God's power that provides for us. It is God's power that lifts us up. Our need right now, and perhaps your need right now, my need right now is just to simply say, God, I am going to trust you today uh, with the circumstance. It says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed at the last time. Now, you might say, no, wait a minute. I thought we already have our salvation. Well, in a certain measure, yes, we do already have our salvation. We know that we're saved. We know that we're born again. We know that the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. But we haven't fully realized the fullness of our salvation yet. Uh, and uh, we're waiting for that. We're waiting for the day when our bodies no longer fail us. We're waiting for the day when we no longer have to figure out how we're paying our bills. We're waiting for the day when we no longer have to uh, wonder how we're, we're going to uh, get through a circumstance or get through a situation. Uh, we, we, we're waiting for the day when we no longer have to be concerned about relational strife and rife, uh, rifts and conflict. We're waiting for the fullness of salvation to come. And, and so we are held until that day when, when the fullness of our salvation will come. That's what we're waiting for. But yet it says this in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice. In this salvation that will be revealed. In the fact that God's power shields you. Uh, in these things. In all these things. In, in the mercy of God shared 
in verse 3, in the new birth, talked about in verse 3, in the living hope, talked about in verse 3, in the resurrection of Jesus, in that resurrection power given to us, talked about in verse 3, in this we rejoice, in the inheritance that we have that will never perish, spoil, or fade that's reserved in heaven for us, in this we rejoice. We have so much in which to rejoice. That alone right there is enough to uh, leave us skipping into our day. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Friends, we're going to have trials. There's teaching out there that, that says that, you know, Christians will not have trials. But the teaching of the Bible is that we will have trials. We're going to face, Peter talks about it, Paul talks about it, James talks about it, John talks about it, Jesus experienced it, Jesus modeled it, Jesus went through it. Friends, we will experience trials of many, many, many kinds. What's the point of this trials? God has a point in the trials. Verse 6 says, you, gr you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. Friends, it when we're going through trials, if we will learn to rejoice in all that God has already done, if we learn to rejoice in the promises that God has already given, in those rejoicings, in that worship, in that praise, in that exaltation of God, we will be lifted above our trials. It's the truth of Scripture. Now, I don't always feel that way. Perhaps you don't always feel that way. But if we will learn to rejoice in all that God has done, then we can be lifted above our trials. Hang on just a second. I'll be right back. I'm back with you now. My associate was chomping on the bone too loudly. Maybe you couldn't hear it, but it was bothering me. So, so I had to move uh, move Bucky to a different room. And he's right back at my side now, saying, "We need to go play." No, not right now, Bucky. Some mornings I put a gate up so he can't get to me, and I didn't do that this morning. I, I want to read this uh, in the comments here. Uh, because it's here, God gave me an assignment 10 years ago, and just a few weeks ago it was completed. I praise God for all his guidance and encouragement. It taught me that when God asked me to do something, and I don't think there is any way I can accomplish it, but if God asks me to do it, if I trust him and believe his word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If he asks, he will provide. I give God all praise and all glory. Amen. Amen. He will provide it. That's a good word for me this morning. And uh, I, I appreciate that, that word that is there. And, uh, you know, God is asking me to do some things. And I need to remember that if he, if he asks, he provides. And that's, that's a good word now. And, uh, 
just pray with me. I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but God knows the need, and I really need to have this uh, answered today. Um, otherwise, it's just it's simply too late uh, for it to happen. Um, so, uh, Lord, for any of us that have things going on in our lives, uh, things that we need to see your provision, Lord, would you show up and provide? Help us to trust in you. Our job is faith. Our job is to trust you, and then it's your job to work on our behalf. Help us to continue to cling to our faith, to trust you uh, for what you will do, Lord. And uh, uh, and in times when, when perhaps you don't come through in that way, uh, it's you saying, wait. So, Lord, help us just to, to trust in you, to do our part, and our part is faith. Let's continue on in the passage where it says this. These have come so that your faith, what these? All kinds of trials. All kinds of trials have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Notice, your faith is of greater worth than gold. It says it right there in verse 7. The trials come so that your faith, your faith is of greater worth than gold. Friends, we want gold, we want money, we want bank accounts, uh, we want so many things. But the greatest commodity that you and I possess is faith. Faith activates the work of God on our behalf. And so, Lord, it's our prayer that you'd strengthen our faith today, strengthen our resolve, strengthen our followership of you, uh, that uh, that whatever it is that we face, Lord, uh, we would turn to you in faith for your work. Uh, Lord, you know the ministries that need provision. You know the people's personal circumstances where they need provision. You know people's circumstances where they they need to see you continue to work in individuals' lives to keep them on track. Lord, you know people who've been wounded, would you heal them and heal relationships and restore things? And may we see the work of God here in our midst, uh, in, in relationships and in provision for for, for various ministries. May, may we see you at work uh, uh, strengthening the feeble and the weak and the downcast and the and the discouraged. Lord, would, would those who are lonely, think of those who've in the last few years have lost their spouse or maybe the last several years have lost their spouse. Uh, Lord, would you become a companion to them like they have never known before? May you be nearer than their very breath. May they experience your nearness in a way that goes beyond anything that we can explain. Lord, that is our prayer. Give us the faith, Lord, to experience your shielding power. Give us the faith to overcome, uh, to experience overcoming victory uh, in our trials, Lord. That is our prayer. Help us to know that our faith is of greater worth than gold. Uh, and may our faith be proven genuine. May our faith result, as it says here in verse 7, in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. May people see our faith. 
Verses 8 through 12, let's finish out these verses. Though you have not seen him, Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Oh, that we would have an inexpressible and glorious joy in our lives, that the joy of God would add a spring to our step, a smile to our face, a calmness to our demeanor that we would experience because of him, because we believe in him, that we would experience this inexpressible and glorious joy. And it says this in verse 9, For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning the salvation, the prophets of old desired to look into. They spoke of the grace that was to come to you. They searched intently with, and with greatest care. They wanted to know, verse 11, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing, pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would fall, that the, the prophets of old wanted to see these things. It says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you, friends, sometimes the things we do, we may not see in our own day. You go to the great hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, and there are so many names listed there who did who did not realize in their day or in their time the fulfillment of the promises, but what they did experience was the work of God in their hearts, in their minds, in their faith to strengthen them. And they longed for, they looked forward to, and for us, our service may not be for us. Uh, as it says in verse 12, it's revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. The prophets, they were dead by now. They were long gone by now, and yet their words were serving other people. Perhaps these broadcasts someday will serve other people uh, and will cause people to come to faith in Christ. It says, when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Friends, we have the possession of salvation. The prophets long to look into salvation. The angels long to understand salvation. You and I know salvation. We possess salvation. We have salvation. And it says this, they preach the gospel to us by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. God sent his uh, his spirit from heaven. And we have this. We, we possess what the prophets long to see. We possess what the angels long to look into. We possess what the Holy Spirit has brought to us in salvation. And so our rejoicing should be so very, very great. Well, let me look into a few of the comments here as we're about to land the plane in this passage here. Walter says it was a lesson in humility. Uh, things were not going the way I had planned, and I was ready to pack it in and go back home. Then God showed up in a woman named Carmen who showed me a humble trust in God's goodness in spite of the circumstances. And uh, um, so, Walter, thanks for sharing that. Bucky has gotten noisy behind me. Uh, God will teach us things. If our hearts are open and ready to learn, 
Uh, he will speak to us. He will show us things. He will uh, inform us and instruct us and cause us to be able to have rejoicing. Well, friends, uh, I've prayed several times during our broadcast this morning. I pray us out that we would walk in this type of faith, that we would walk in this type of joy, that we would walk seeing the fact that we possess what the prophets long to see. We possess what the angels long to look into. Lord, give us a stronger faith, a more resolute faith that leads to this inexpressible joy that we read about in this passage. Lord, give us faith. Give us joy. Give us hope. Give us certainty even in the midst of our trials. And Lord, for our friends in in India, we pray for them again today that you would provide for their needs. There are so many needs in so many places around the world. And Lord, it's our prayer that you would provide for their needs in India. Lord, hear our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, have a great day. Read this passage again for your own encouragement. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. May your heart be strengthened. Have a good day, everyone.